Blog Talk Radio. This is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey. They're off and it is on. And betting line has taken the lead. Choo choo, boom! Just like that. You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun, Shaman Hall, production Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! I am. That just happened! That just happened! Don't touch that dial. You've got post time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and it's another fantastic Thursday morning. And uh, listen, we've got a fantastic uh, show coming up, Mike. Uh, we've got some pretty good award winners uh, to talk about uh, this morning, but uh, uh, obviously uh, some somber news out of Florida uh, yesterday. Obviously, we're a harness racing show, but uh, we know there are problems going on. Um, you know, around the industry and around the world. And, and unfortunately, yesterday, uh, our our hearts sank. I know, Mike, uh, you, you have a little one in school. Uh, this is uh, every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah, I mean, when you can't feel safe going to a school or going to a restaurant or going to a nightclub or, you know, anywhere for that matter, I mean, something has to be done. Something has to be done, and you know, and I don't, I certainly don't want to turn this into a political conversation because they're going to have that debate probably as as much as you'd like to follow it on the major news networks across the country, uh, you know, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, all that good stuff. But but I got to tell you, this is getting really, really, really scary. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's uh, it's not a uh, fun thing to have to deal with, that's for sure. Um, obviously, uh, our hearts and prayers go out to all of those affected uh, by the uh, by the tragic events of yesterday afternoon. Well, Mike, uh, speaking of uh, Florida, on a better note, uh, we'll be down, or I'll be down there uh, come next week. A uh, week from tomorrow, we're going down for the 2017 Dan Patch Awards. And i got to tell you, Mike, it's, uh, it's going to be... Uh, a, a nice little vacation from the cold weather, that's for sure. Yeah, it certainly will be. I know you're going to have a really, really good time down there. And, uh, of course, the Usher Awards coming up. And we've got a little bit of an award-winning show today, Mike, and I can't wait because we uh, had a couple of people. We're going to have a couple of people on the program that are making their post time with Mike and Mike debuts that certainly deserve a lot of credit. Uh, one, I'm certainly excited for our man, Rich Johnston. But I'll tell you what, Rich does it all for the USTA is the multimedia coordinator and he does a lot of work behind the scenes. I mean, he hustles and uh well, uh, well-deserved Hervey award for Rich Johnston from the USTA getting that award along with TJ Burke and Allison Conti and our uh, guest who's going to be first up on this program, Dave Briggs. Uh, and the, speaking of Briggsy boy, I'll tell you what, another 
a couple of awards, another Hervey Award. I believe this makes number 11 uh, for number Dave nine. Brinks. He's going to be joining us on in a few minutes. He's the editor of Harness Racing Update. And uh, I'll tell you what, if there's uh, – and, and, you know, a lot of times the harness racing world can't agree on much, but I think a, a broad consensus over the harness racing world is that, that Dave Briggs is a fantastic journalist, obviously by his award-winning uh, – all his awards that he's won, we uh, – uh, obviously can agree upon that. Dave just gets it done week in and week out. Great, great must-reads each and every week in HRU. And uh, Dave's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. Plus, trainer Marcus Meatlander will be joining us. And I had a chance to kind of watch Marcus come into his own over the past couple of years at Harris, Philadelphia. And uh, he trains the uh, two-year-old champion, fourth dimension, uh, two-year-old trotter uh, of the year with that uh, big victory in the Valley Victory Elimination. And, of course, the finals, we're going to talk to him about Fourth Dimension. And our pacing for the Cures segment uh, will be up a little bit later on as well. Janine Guess will get a, a chance to sit down and talk to her, see what's coming up next in the pacing for the Cure world. Great, great stuff there. Make sure you visit them on their website. It's uh, pacingforthecure.org. But a great, great show, Mike. And uh, hey, now, listen, hey. I ask you every single week, of course, uh, Mike Carter has won the – uh, 2017 Ushua Breakthrough Award, and I ask Mike each and every week if he has gotten a little bit further along in his speech, and now he's a little bit stumped, I know, because <laughs> he's trying to get a good joke to start things off in the beginning, and I know the couple that he's ran past me, I'll tell you what, it's not going to be received very well. Oh, gee, so thanks, Mike, buddy. Thanks a that. lot, buddy. Yeah, I'm still working on it. I got my the speech part of it is uh, is done. I made sure to leave you out, and uh, oh, you know, yeah. uh, but the <laughs> no, I'm that, kidding. That, see, but, I'm gonna tell you what. Now that's a mistake because I'm I'm definitely bound for a few laughs. I'm yeah, good they're, for a they're, few they're, laughs if you throw my name in there. No, well, listen, uh, you know the speech is done, and um, you know I'm really really excited about uh, presenting it, and uh, I'm also presenting um, the caretaker of the year presented by uh, Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. Um, I got that speech done uh, last night, and uh, you know it's it, the prepping for this has not been uh, not been the easiest of things. That's for sure. I'm one of the Ushua directors for the state of Ohio, Mike, and uh, we got our 56-page document of stuff to go over uh, on Monday. I started to look at it last night, and I'll continue to look at it from now until uh, till next week when we sit down and have our meetings. There's some exciting stuff coming up, and uh, some definite uh, some definite things uh, that we uh, we as a racing industry can look forward to. But Mike, real quick, I want to um i, I want to bring something up real quick if uh if that's okay sure absolutely so it's your show my the, friend you can do whatever you want <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well listen the um the uh broward county sheriff's office uh, i guess we we follow so for those of you who don't know after the horse fire last year uh we follow a bunch of the florida news stations um, in Florida currently, and the Broward County Sheriff's Office uh, tweeted out a little while ago that there's going to be a blood drive um, to help the victims in Hollywood, Florida, which is about 25 minutes from Pompano Park. So we ask that any harness racing fans who um, are in that area, you know, take, you know, it's from 12 to 7, take 20 minutes out of your day and stop down there and, uh, and uh, give some blood. And I'll tell you what, if you take a uh, selfie of yourself giving blood down there, we'll send you a post time with Mike and Mike Hat. Uh, we definitely, uh, you know, we're, we're all about trying to help other people. This show's about positivity. But if you stop down and give blood, um, 
It's at Cox Media, 2741 North 29th Avenue in Hollywood. Uh, we're actually going to tweet uh, tweet this out. But if you stop down there and uh, give some blood, we'll send you a post time with Mike and Mike Hat uh, for our appreciation. But you'll be helping uh, the victims, the victim's family, and uh, I know they'll certainly appreciate that. And one of the things, Mike, that I want to bring up, and then we're going to get to a timeout, and then we got Dave Briggs right in the on-deck circle. But one of the things I wanted to bring up, Mike, is uh, if there is a silver lining in these things, um, and you have to look really, really hard, obviously, to find silver linings, but you find a lot of tales of heroism. And one of those tales of heroism I'm seeing, and I'm sure that you've uh, seen this circulating around uh, social media, the football coach, his name was um, Aaron uh, Feiss, F-E-I-S. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, but... It was uh, announced earlier today that he passed away. But you, you talk about tales of heroism. Here's a guy that when the shooting was going on, he threw himself into the line of fire in front of students to block students from getting shot. And, you know, you see people like this, that in these situations, when this stuff is happening, that their lives, the lives of their students that they feel are more important than their, that their lives, sacrificing their lives, giving their lives so that others can live. I, you know, stories of heroism give me great, 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 just a great sense of humanity that knowing that there's people like that that exist. And, you know, I hope that the media gives that guy and gives people like him their just dues as opposed to plaster in the face of this killer all over the place. So, anyway, let's get on with the program. Dave Brinks is coming up next, the editor of HRU, plus Marcus Melander, Rich Johnston, Janine Gessick, and much, much more on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. At Bet America, we don't do promotions only for new players. As a regular player at BetAmerica.com, you can take advantage of several promotions each week. Go to BetAmerica.com slash extra and visit our promotions calendar and find out how you can get double wager reward points on our featured tracks. It's just another reason why it's time to play the Bet America way. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Have you checked out the new Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment? The Meadowlands features world-class harness racing every Friday and Saturday night beginning at 635. You can dine in pink, a restaurant that combines tiered dining with amazing views of the racing from every seat in the house. After the races, stop by Victory Sports Bar and Club, where you can bring the action and vitality of all your favorite live sporting events to an upscale place. Victory boasts 40 HD TVs, including 11 big screens for your viewing pleasure. For more information on live racing or to book your reservation, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMetalands.com. 
New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter. And uh, good edition here of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Right now, let's bring in the editor of uh, Harness Racing Update, Dave Briggs. Dave, congratulations on yet another award, my friend. Well deserved. How are you? Great, thank you. Good morning, guys. How are you? All right. Now, Dave, listen, before we get, in, before we get into this, now you've written. Uh, obviously, you've had a, a chance probably to give your fair share of speeches at Ushua. Mike Carter's new with this. He's struggling with it. Is there any tips, <laughs> any advice? Should he start with a joke? How should he get this thing started? Because he's probably gone through about four reams of paper already trying to get this thing right. Uh, I, I think um, given the number of awards, brevity is good. That's a good place to start. I, you know, I always try to keep uh, mine brief because I, I, I look down the line and I, and I see horse of the year and I see trainer of the year and all those things. And I think that it's, it's really about that for me, but, but Mike's in a, in, that's an incredible award. So he's in kind of a tough position because me winning a writing award is a thank you very much and enjoy your evening kind of moment. But uh, you know, a little bit on the brief side. Maybe a joke would be good if if it passes the test. So you're gonna have to pass it by uh, Mike uh, uh, first, I think. Well, you know what? Maybe we could, Mike. Maybe you could go ahead and uh, maybe next week you could say it on the show, and we can get a little bit of a vote as to whether you should say this thing and delete okay. off your speech or not. What do you think? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see on that one. All right. Well, Dave, That's listen, we certainly. Yeah. Buddy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Listen, uh, another award for you. This makes 11 Hervey Awards. You've won awards for uh, four different publications. Uh, and the uh, the feature writing category, which you won this most recent award, uh, was for the uh, story for John Campbell's retirement, The End of an Era. And obviously you've written a lot of different stories, uh, some that probably pulled at your emotional heartstrings, and some obviously that uh, were a little bit more upbeat. Take us through some of the roller coaster of emotions and some of the uh, more dramatic stories that that you've written over the past uh, good grief, probably twenty, thirty years now. Uh, you know, John Campbell was it was a big one. I, I'm not sure it was overly emotional because he gave us lots of uh, warning, and and so you could be prepared for it. But um, you know that there's a man that's meant a tremendous amount to my life and and my career and and it's funny I you know I probably wouldn't still be doing this without John Campbell because early on you know not knowing a whole lot of harness, about harness racing when I first started at the Canadian Sportsman uh the owner Gary Forrester said you need to call John Campbell for a quote and I knew enough at that time to know this is the Wayne Gretzky of harness racing. I mean, just call him at home seemed like crazy. Like you just pick up the phone and call John Campbell and he'll answer and talk to you. 
So I did, and he was so fantastic. I thought, geez, if you can call the number one person in harness racing on the phone and he can talk to a virtual nobody, and he was fantastic, I thought, this is, there's got to be something to this. And, and that's not you know a single experience for me in this industry. I mean, everybody has been fantastic. And they're so giving of their time, and they're so passionate about this sport, it's, it's hard not to fall in love with it. So that was easy for me. But I, you know, I stumbled on something the other day. I was looking through old family photos, and, and Legends Day has meant a tremendous amount to me, uh, to the Clinton Raceway uh, and, and surrounding area. And also to my family and, and my daughter, I mean, I have three kids, but my daughter Erin has been at virtually every one since she's been alive. And I found a picture of her, and she's maybe six years old, and there's a line of guys. You know, there's there's John Campbell and Bill O'Donnell and the superstars, unbelievable talent. And she's talking to Campbell in this photo, and she's just, you can tell they're both, like, delighted in this little conversation. He's having such a great uh, interaction with her. And I've had pictures with her and him ever since, every every two years. And it's just meant a tremendous amount. Now, Dave, obviously uh, you've written a lot of very good feature stories, but one that uh, I think uh, will be up for a Hervey Award next year is the Some Beach Somewhere article that you recently uh, wrote for Hoofbeats. Talk to us a little bit about uh, how difficult that was to write. And uh, obviously Some Beach Somewhere was a, is a Canadian staple, uh, is a sand pale. Um, just talk to us a little bit about you know what went into writing that and how difficult it was. Uh, that's, uh, that, that's a tremendously difficult one because, you know, all of us had hoped that he would live a long, 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 happy, productive life. And, you know, really that story, I, I've probably written about some beats somewhere more than anyone in the business because just, just so compelling that story. I mean, that is the ultimate dreamer's tale that a group of guys could throw together some money and, and go buy one horse and that horse could turn out to be one of the greatest of all time. And, and that personality that they all brought to it, and whether it was Paul McDonnell or Brent McGrath or the rest of the schooner stable. So, you know, getting to know these people over the years, having talked to them so much, in particular Brent, um, and, you know, that's tough. Um, you know, he called me with the news, and I was standing in an airport on the way to New Jersey. Uh, I'm standing in a Toronto airport, and, you know, I knew when I saw his name come up on the phone, it wasn't going to be good because he doesn't just call you out of the blue. So... You know that's uh, that's a difficult one because um, he was beloved, and it, as as you pointed out, especially in Canada. I mean, he was just such a great story. He was on our national news, and you know, was considered briefly for our national athlete of the year against humans. You know, that, he really resonated here. Resonating with Dave Briggs, the editor of Harness Racing Update, the multiple award winner. Uh, two more John Herbie Awards uh, coming up this uh, time around, one with uh, obviously with John Campbell's retirement, the other with what the heck happened happened in the Hamiltonian, an ample straight-to-the-point headline. And uh, actually, we talked uh, with you about that, Dave, last time you were on the program. But let's talk a little bit about uh, journalism itself. Now, I know it's very important to forge relationships with uh, whoever you happen to be writing about, obviously, with trainers, with drivers. It's important to have that relationship with them and that and obviously there's a certain trust factor there as well but uh tell us about maybe give some advice to some of these young guys that are kind of busting their chops in the business trying to you know they're busting their teeth trying to get into writing and into journalism what is some of the advice that uh, maybe you could give them 
I think that uh, you brought up an important topic area, Mike. It, it, it. To me, I've always tried very hard not to burn people, and I've always tried. We live in difficult times. We live in a social media world where people want to get information out. Somebody told them something immediately because there's something to be gained immediately. And then, and I always try to tell people just to be a little bit patient. Um, if somebody tells you something in confidence and tells you something off the record, don't burn them because, um, you know, it'll come back to haunt you and they won't trust you again. And, and I've had pretty good fortune with almost everybody has been willing to at least speak to me. They may not have loved the story I've done on them because sometimes you have to tell hard truths. But most of the time, you know, if somebody tells me off the record, that's a definite no-go, even if I'm itching to tell that. There's something there that's incredible. Um you know, I say to them, I try to tell people, okay, that may come out in time and we may re- revisit that. But if you don't want me to go there, I won't go there. I, I think it's just being patient. You don't have to tell every story. You don't have to be gossipy. You don't have to be immediate. Uh, try to take take the time. And that Hamiltonian story is one of them. Is You know, that night, it was difficult to get everybody's perspective on the night of the Hamiltonian. So take take a week, take some time to talk to them and everybody settle down for a few days a little bit and and maybe you'll get a little bit more perspective. So just being patient and not burning people is is uh what I've tried very hard to do. Now Dave, any up and coming uh journalist, whether it be harness racing or any type of uh journalist, whether it be sports, um obviously uh, not burning uh your sources and not burning your bridges is some pretty good advice. But what uh, what other advice can you maybe uh give to somebody uh who is younger? Let's say uh, you know, the Sydney Weavers of the game or, you know, anybody in the uh sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old range. You know, write a lot is is one of the things. Uh, you know, I, I, I and don't be afraid, like in any business, to to fail and be terrible. And 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 if I I you know would hate to look back at some of the things I wrote as a teenager because I'm sure they were awful. Um, and even right through university, I wrote some horrible things. Um, it's just practice. It's like anything else. If you write every day, if it, and we're talking writers, I mean that's kind of a little bit of a dying game, as you guys know. Um, do whatever it is you're doing, whether you're broadcasters like yourselves or, or you're, you're you know doing video or however it is. It's it's practice and and you know when I when I started out, I mean one of the big things was to write for every small paper for free or whatever you had to do just to get clippings and experience and that's always important. So if if it's video, you know try and do some volunteer work for your local cable outlet or whatever it is. Do your own podcast and not in competition with you guys, but. You know, find your, you know, get out there and do it and do it a lot and and, and you, you get better over time. You, anything you do that you practice, you're going to get better. Dave, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit about Harness Racing Update now. Uh, obviously, going back, uh, gosh, I believe it's uh, been a couple of years now where Harness Racing Update was kind of on the verge of, of uh, calling it quits. Uh, for lack of a better term. And, uh, you know, you kind of resuscitated that and uh, kept it going. And and to be quite honest, I'm not really sure that I, as a matter of fact, I don't know anybody actually in the harness racing industry that, that, that doesn't read harness racing update to a certain extent. I think it's a very, very important part of the harness racing uh, landscape for a variety of different reasons. Can you take us through that time when HRU was kind of, uh, on the bubble of going six feet under and uh, it's come back a little bit. Uh, that, that's really, uh, that goes back to Bill Finley who, who, who started it and credit to him for starting it. Um, um, 
you know, without Bill, it, it wouldn't exist. Um, and I think, you know, Bill's told this story himself, but that he became a little frustrated with, with the amount of work and, and not having a huge amount of advertising support or not as much as he'd like, let's put it that way. And it became sort of a, you know, more work than it was worth. It wasn't that the project itself wasn't a good one and the idea wasn't a good one. Bill knew all along it was a good idea. It came out of Thoroughbred Daily News, which is also connected to his family. And, and, and you know, that's a flourishing, you know, example of, of what's happening over on the Thoroughbred world. Um, so when he wanted to sell, he approached some people and they began looking around for an editor and having been, you know, formally doing this kind of work at the Canadian Sportsman, they, 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 you know, I was one of a few people that they reached out to and, and so then you have to decide, can we make this model work? And I think the idea Bill had was, was a great one. And you just go from there, you just do what you do. And so it's a credit really to all the people involved in HRU we have you know Lisa designing our ads and Brian Fuller was a production guy and these people were in place with Bill and so it was easy because they had worked on it and you add some pieces of people that I knew from working at the Canadian Sportsman and that's how you you know you just do it a little bit differently than Bill it's really it's all it's all it is and you know thank you to all the advertisers and thank you to the readers for for supporting it and we're always open to suggestions and how to improve it because we're trying to we're always trying to it, it's got a long way to go but we think we're maybe on the right path yeah, stuff like that's always a work in progress it's always changing and uh, Dave listen we certainly appreciate you joining us my friend again congratulations on your awards and uh, well real quick real quick and uh, we'll try to do this as quick as we can uh, we do want to touch with you just very briefly I know you've been following the story very much uh, with Clay Horner and Jeff Garral and the the uh, new standard bread integrity rule. And this is something now that's been pushed back to 2019. And I know you've uh, written many stories and probably will be writing several more uh, coming out uh, over the next couple of months and seeing where this thing goes. Your, your thoughts really quickly on that. Well, I think, you know, people who are new to Clay Horner uh, need to understand he, he's, 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 his heart is in the right place. He, he wants to do something to improve the game, to attract younger owners and more owners to the game. And I think, the basic thought behind the whole thing is a good one is how do we deal with the subject of beards and how do we deal with uh, people who have had serious violations and um, you know, the mechanics of it weren't quite right. And they're going back to the drawing board to figure all that out and deal with the regulator up here. But I think people need to understand this isn't some grand witch hunt or, you know, it's, 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 it's out of a place of, of, of love and care for the industry and wanting to see it succeed in the future. So, you know, dealing with, you know, somebody dealing with the integrity matter, I mean, let's see where they get on the details, but I think the, the effort should be applauded because he's put a lot of time into it and taking a step back might not be a bad thing and we'll see how it shapes out. Well, and I'll tell you one thing about Clay. He's not ducking anybody, boy. He's on social media. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, whoever's got any questions for him, good, bad, or indifferent, boy, he's right on there and he's, uh, He's definitely putting himself out there. Dave, we appreciate it, buddy. Congratulations, and uh, Mike Carter will see you in Orlando. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. That was the editor of HRU, Dave Briggs, and uh, I think Dave's going to help you out with your speech a little bit, Mike, get you started on the right track. <laughs> he's, he's he's written plenty of these things. He's done it plenty oh. of times. 
Listen, I got uh, I, I got my good friend uh, Allison Conte to help me write my speech, and uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Allison's probably <laughs> over in her office having a cow right now. But uh, no, it, you know, Dave, uh, he's done a lot of great things for the sport of harness racing, and I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, he, um, you know, some of his stories are just fantastic reads. If you haven't read the Sun Beach Somewhere article that was in Hoofbeats uh, just after uh, Sun Beach Somewhere passed away, you need to check it out. It's definitely worth the read. Uh, it'll pull at your heart, and it's definitely a tearjerker, but uh, it's definitely worth a look. Well, Mike, uh, coming up next on the on the program is a uh, is a special person for for uh, for both of us actually. Um, we've talked to uh, we've had Taylor Johnson on this program. Gosh probably what five or six times uh, she's helped us with live remotes. She's helped us with doing interviews. She helped us co-host the Dan patch stakes uh, last year at Hoosier park racing and casino. But this time we're going to talk to her dad, uh, Rich Johnson, as he is a Hervey award winner for the video he produced with the John Campbell retirement ceremony, along with TJ Burkett, uh, D- Dave Briggs and Allison Conti. So it'll be exciting to hear uh, what he has to say about that. Certainly will. Let's go to a timeout. When we come back, it's Rich Johnston on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 55. Twelve championship races. The captain, not to be denied. One spectacular night. And Father Patrick got a coast home champion here. Breeders' Crown 2018, coming to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Pitching up the rail, modern legend there, foiled again, dead game, clear vision laid on the outside, pit rock on the inside, photo finish, foiled again, and pit rock together, run 49 and 2. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by the USTA's own Rich Johnston. Rich, how are you, my friend? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? 
Not too bad. Well, Rich, uh, listen, we've gotten a chance to work with you a few times uh, at some of these big events. Uh, We've had some time to work with uh, Taylor, your daughter. But talk to us a a little bit about what it was like uh, putting this John Campbell retirement ceremony video together and kind of what you do with the USTA. Uh, It was a great, uh, a great honor to be able to do something like that for John. And uh, I really want to thank the USTA for giving us the opportunity to do it. Uh, We followed him from his last drive at the Meadowlands to Goshen all the way to uh, Clinton Raceway in Canada. And uh, he gave us just total access. I think we had five or six GoPro cameras on the bike and one on his helmet. And every time he turned around, you know, we were there like, hey, John, can we do this? Can we do that? And he was always like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm sure he wanted us to go away, but uh, it was a great time. Enjoyed hanging out with uh, Dave Riggs up there in Canada, too. Rich, Mike Bozich here. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of your early days. How did you get involved in the sport of harness racing? Well, I worked in TV for 20 years as a news photographer. I started as a news reporter. I was a sports anchor. Uh, Came to Columbus for the opportunity to be the chief photographer at the TV station. And uh, one day they told me that uh, I was no longer welcome there, basically as when uh, the economy was kind of crashing and stuff and middle management people were um, being let go. And I called from one of my bosses and he said, hey, um, I was talking to somebody at a party and they're looking for somebody to do video or social media. Would you be interested in talking to them? And I said, sure, you know, I'll give him a call and see what's up. And that's how I started in the business of harness racing. Now, Rich, uh, in, in talking to uh, Taylor about a couple of things, uh, she did. She brought up a good question um, about some of the big events that you guys do. Uh, you guys are at the Breeders' Crown. You guys are at some of the major stakes races. And watching you and Allison Conti work as a team to, you know, get these drivers for interviews or trainers or connections, what have you, it's kind of a spectacle to see. You got to kind of be there to see it because these guys work their butts off to make sure they get every piece of info they can. Do you still get nervous before the big events? Uh, Yes, I do. Actually, I was just thinking about um, always be Mickey at Lexington and he was coming down the stretch and I thought, you know what? He is really moving. He's got a chance here. And all of a sudden I heard Sam, you know, blurt out the 146 and four. And I went, Oh my word. And I just kind of zoomed in luckily to the board as Sam was saying that. And there was the timer came back around and actually my daughter was in the the stands. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I get nervous at uh, big events like little Brown jug and the Hamiltonian because it's a one-shot deal. And, you know, if you don't press the trigger on the camera, <laughs> you can't go back to somebody and say, uh, oops, I missed. Yeah, and, you, kind uh, of only get, you kind of only get one shot to do it. That's it. And knock on wood, I've, I've been pretty lucky so far. But working with Allison is great, and TJ uh, and Mark Hall, we're all kind of the, uh, the road crew. You know, we uh, we stay up late, we get up early, uh, we get to the track, we, we try to talk to drivers and trainers and owners and stuff. And I found that most of them, especially the drivers, I haven't had one guy that has ever 
been mean and, you know, just said, oh, I'm not talking. Trainers, too. And actually, when I got in the business, I went up to Ron Pierce and I said, hey, uh, I'm really new at this. I said, but the one thing I'll do is I'll listen. So if you want to tell me what I'm doing wrong and, you know, and uh, what I could do better and how to understand the game, I said, I'm willing to listen. And I had a great relationship with him uh, going through the years. You know, that's one of the things, Rich, that uh, Mike and I have found out is that uh, it's just fantastic. And I'm an old radio guy myself, and, and you know, I used to cover uh, uh, baseball a little bit, not on a professional level, but, you know, on a on a minor league level, so to speak. And I'll tell you what, give me harness racing and these guys any day of the week as opposed to some of them guys and, and, and managers and, and uh, all that. But, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about technology and it, technology that is used to promote the sport of harness racing. Now, I know since you've been on board, you know, social media has become a big part of promoting harness racing. You see the, uh, and you talked about this a little bit just a few minutes ago, uh, GoPros attached to the bikes in a lot of cases of drivers putting the racing fan in the driver's seat. And these videos loaded up on social media. I can never get enough of those, by the way. Every, every one I see, I watch. I just absolutely love them. Uh, you know, where do you see technology going maybe in the next five, 10 or 15 years? And do you think harness racing is utilizing that technology to its uh, full ability? Ooh, that second part's a loaded question, but uh, <laughs> I think the cameras are just going to get smaller and smaller. The mics obviously have gotten smaller and smaller. The 360 view is really, really a cool shot. Um, and I basically, borrowed that idea from Chris Gooden at the Meadows. I saw him working with that camera, so I called him and started trying to do something with that. But um, cameras and more mics on the bikes, um, I realized that there's a lot of stuff that goes on, and there's a lot of talking that goes on and stuff that's, you know, not very family-oriented. But, uh, hey, it's it's what happens in the sport. It's It's really out there, you know, living it. So I would like to see the tracks do more with that. Um, We're very excited this year. We finally got a camera on at the Little Brown Jug. And we got it on Funkin' Waffles. I mean, and that just, that was just such a great, great race. And he was right in the thick of things to the very end. So you had him and then you had, you know, the winner of the race. So the technology is great. Um, And, and the owners and the drivers and the trainers, when they let you put the stuff on the bike and put the stuff on the helmet, it's it's really cool. Now, there are a lot of guys, and I won't mention any names, that are very superstitious and just tell me flat out, no, we can't win if you put that on there. And I'll go, well, if you go talk to Montrell and you look at the way the legitimate stuff, he's going to win every time I put it on there. But. <laughs> Well, listen, Rich, I, I did that. At, uh, I was doing interviews at Northfield Park on Super Night, and I remember interviewing a certain driver, and I, I won't mention who it was. He drove, I think it was six or seven one-to-nine shots that night, okay? And he broke or okay. didn't hit the board with any of them <laughs> so after he did the interview. <laughs> and so he, he kept telling everybody, don't do the interview. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. But uh, I interviewed Josh Sutton a couple of times, and uh, I'll tell you what, he won uh, won quite a few races that night. Well, Rich, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about your career. 
and we talked a little bit about what you do now, but what goes into editing and putting this stuff together? I know that um, you guys work extremely late. I remember uh, seeing you guys at Hoosier Park, and as soon as the last British Crown race went off, everybody packed up, and off you guys went. What goes into putting some of these videos together that you guys create? Well, we try to get an idea before we uh, actually get to the track or actually before the races start with uh, T.J. Burkett and Allison and Mark and kind of talk it over and say, you know, look who's in this race, who do we think is favorite, who do we want to talk to. If they win, you want to talk to the driver, you want to talk to the trainer, you want to get the connections. And so it, it starts kind of early on. And then afterwards, we just sit down and we put it all together. Um, usually we try to make it as quick as possible. We've learned in the last 10 years that, you know, you can't put a 10 or 15 minute video out there anymore because people just don't want to stay around that long. So most of our videos now are three to four minutes and you've got to really kind of condense like, uh, you know, four or five races into that short amount of time. And, and that's kind of hard to do. So there's a lot of back and forth saying, well, you know, we've got this great sound from, from this guy and this was a really good interview, but we can't use them both. So what do you do? And, and you just kind of condense it down, and eventually it works. And then we post it on uh, YouTube, and it goes to our homepage and out for the fans to see. And that's usually about 3 or 4 in the morning. <laughs> well, now let's uh, let, let's kind of switch gears uh, one more time. And uh, I know we brought up Taylor a couple times during, uh, during this interview, but, uh, you know, one, one thing we were very happy about is uh, that you would let us uh, – kind of borrow her for a couple of events last year and uh, she came out and she co-hosted the Dan Patch uh, Awards and while she or not awards I'm sorry listen to me I'm ready for next week the uh, the Dan yeah. Patch Stakes uh, at Hoosier Park and uh, while she was nervous she did a fantastic job she got through it and she did a great job and she helped us out with a few other events uh, she's working on a blue chip farm right now uh, talk to us a little bit about that and uh, you know how uh, how excited you are for her Oh, very excited. From early on, she took a real love of the horses. Um, she started as a groom at Scioto Downs, and uh, then she did some work um, there last year where she was doing some on-air stuff, and she was hanging numbers, and she was basically learning the whole uh, industry from the ground floor up. And uh, she's a extremely hard worker. Um, I don't know where she gets that from. I guess maybe me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, she's really good at talking to people, which uh, is awesome. I think it's because she listens, and I kind of told her that's one of the keys to getting a really good interview is just listening to somebody and then playing off what they talk about. But, um, yeah, she's at, uh, she's at uh, Diamond Creek, and she's doing um, a couple internships there. So, um they had their first foal the other day, and she was involved in that, so she was really excited. And she really likes the, the breeding angle of the sport. So uh, I, I see nothing but great things from her, and I, I couldn't be prouder of her as long as she stays away from the media side. No, just kidding. And, oh. uh, <laughs> no, she's, she's really, really a, a great kid. 
Well, listen, she uh, she sent me a text and reminded me that it was Diamond Creek, not Blue Chip. I uh, <laughs> of course I got that part wrong, oh. but uh, well, well, listen, Rich, uh, we certainly appreciate everything uh, you've done for the show. I told Allison Conti when I talked to her this morning, um, I'm gonna have to shoot down there uh, uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks and kind of check out your video equipment and see what you guys use and how you do it and all that fancy stuff because I've never been to the USTA offices and. Uh, I've got to get down there. I want to come and kind of see what you guys do. And uh, you know what? Maybe we'll have to uh, hook up and make some plans. Yeah, definitely. Come on down. I'll show you the the whole setup, uh, the green screen that we've got in here. And Actually, in my office, it used to be a TV studio. So uh, oh, wow. it was kind of set up for me before we even got in here. So that's kind of an interesting thing, too. All right, Rich. We certainly appreciate you taking time out of your busy morning, and uh, congratulations, and I'll be definitely seeing you in Florida next week, okay? All right, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. That was Rich Johnston from the USTA, father to Taylor Johnston, Mike, who uh, has done a lot of great work uh, for Post Time with Mike and Mike in 2017. We look forward to uh, having her back on uh, in 2018. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was a cool little interview. We don't uh, kind of hit that aspect uh, on the show very often of like the TV or the creative side. So it was kind of cool to hear what he had to say. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you brought up a good point about how hard of a, a worker he is. And, uh, you know, I've seen it at the Meadowlands. You saw it at Hoosier Park uh, where, you know, w- once we're wrapping up the broadcast, you know, we're we're kind of done. I mean, you're heading up, maybe having something to eat, maybe having a cocktail or two, and his his uh, job's kind of just beginning. I mean, he's got to rush back to the hotel room and start the process of editing video, and just uh, a lot goes behind the scenes. And Rich does a tremendous, tremendous job and uh, certainly – an award well deserved with him and Allison and and uh, Briggsy and uh, T.J. Burkett. And uh, speaking of T.J. Burkett, what a what a great humble guy he is. You know, he and uh, Jason Settlemore uh, win Presidents Awards, uh, the 2017 Usher Presidents Awards. So hats off to them and hats off to all of our award winners. As a matter of fact, on uh, coming up a little bit later on tonight, we're going to release another edition of the Post Times newsletter, and uh, we're going to take a look a little bit behind the scenes of what goes on in the Dan Patch where we got some great interviews uh, over the past couple of days uh, with some of the movers and the shakers, some of the people that make it happen behind the scenes of the Dan Patch Awards. So uh, you're going to want to definitely uh, read this upcoming edition tonight of the Post-Times newsletter. Good, good stuff. And our good stuff is rolling right along. Marcus Meland is in the on-deck circle, and uh, he has a pretty nice uh, now three-year-old trotter uh, coming uh, fourth dimension who had a great two-year-old year uh, was an award winner. And we're going to talk a little bit about the fourth dimension with Marcus Melander coming up next. Plus our pacing for the cure segment. We had a chance to sit down and talk with Janine Gessick about some of the things that are coming up with pacing for the cure. You're not going to want to miss that. They've got a busy couple months coming up. And uh, so you're certainly going to want to uh, check that out. That's coming up as well on this edition of post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. And it rolls on after this timeout. Embroidery unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. 
For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by trainer of Fourth Dimension, uh, Marcus Melander. Marcus, how are we doing, my friend? Very good. How are you? Not too bad. Well, Marcus, uh, this is, uh, I believe, your Post Time with Mike and Mike debut. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, your early career before we jump into Fourth Dimension. Uh, how did you get involved with the sport of harness racing? And uh, how did you get where you're at right now? Well, my family has been in the in the sport. Uh, I'm original from Sweden, and uh, I started with the small uh, ponies when when I was eight years old, and uh, I I drove and trained them until I was 15, 16, and then I got my the license for the big horses, and uh, I quit school and started working for my uncle until I was 21. Then I uh, moved over here. I worked for Jimmy Tactor a year, and after that I went on my own. Mike Bozich here, and uh, Marcus, I got to tell you that you made me look very, very good one time because one day, I believe it was last year at Harris, Philadelphia, I think the early part of last year, we had a group of uh, newcomers come up to the booth, and uh, they were watching me call the race, and they asked me if I had any kind of uh, handicapping advice for them. They were brand new to the racetrack, and I told them, I said, I want you to watch this name. Uh, Watch for this name in the program when driving trotters, and I pointed to your name, and I think a couple of races later, your horse won and paid like 40-some dollars. So it made me look like a complete genius. I'm like, boy, I'm on the Marcus Melander bandwagon. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, Marcus, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Fourth Dimension. Uh, two-year-old, uh, two-year-old uh, uh, award winner now. 
made, uh, I believe, just under $400,000, eight wins of 11 starts with a $200,000 purchase from Lexington. Tell us a little bit about uh, how you guys uh, got him uh, with Caranth Incorporated. Tell us how you guys got him and uh, and uh, how this horse uh, kind of progressed through his two-year-old campaign. Uh, we we found him in Lexington. Me and the owner was, uh, you know, going there. We looked at, the, you know, a lot of horses, and uh, we really felt for him. And, yeah, we, we bought some other ones too, of course, but uh, that was our favorite for sure. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, we got him for two hundred thousand. I mean, it's a lot of money, of course, but we 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 really liked him, and then he trained down very good, and he he felt like a good horse. I just didn't know how good he was. Uh, I baby raced him myself, and uh, I sent him up to Tayoga for the first uh, leg in the New York Star Stakes, and I uh, I put Brian Sears up, and uh, I told Brian I think he's a good horse. I wasn't gonna go myself because it was some stake races at uh, Chester at the same day, so uh, I wasn't actually uh, at Tioga that day, but uh, I told Brian I think he's a good horse, and uh, then he went out and won in 55, and uh, that was a little shocking. I didn't thought it was going to be that good directly. Now, Marcus, let's uh, kind of move through uh, his two-year-old campaign just a little bit. Obviously, he won a uh, division of the International Stallion at Lexington. And then the following week, came back and uh, won a Breeders' Crown Elimination and uh, won that race uh, pretty easily over Mets Hall and Missile Hill and then uh, put in a fifth-place effort uh, in the Breeders' Crown Final. Uh, He had to come first up, uh, was second at the three-quarter pole, and just kind of tired late. Uh, Was there anything uh, wrong with him there? Was it just kind of, you know, one of those uh, things where he just kind of uh, had a tough race? Yeah, I mean, I I actually think, you know, it it was raining very hard the day before, and and the track was very hard that day. He he is the horse. He, he He really needs a lot of grip. And I think he just got tired of that because he was just slippery, slippering, and and uh, he couldn't get the couldn't get it together. So I, I think he was that. I, I don't think he was tired like that way, but I think his his leg was tiring because he was just slippering when he was you know trying trying to move forward. And Marcus, he certainly. Uh... Certainly uh, got back on the right track of the Valley victory. Looked very good at the eliminations, uh, winning the final. Uh, take us through uh, the Valley victory, the eliminations, and the final a little bit. Uh, he was training good. You know, first we didn't know if we were going to go for the Valley victory or not, but when we came home from, from Hoosier, uh, he, he felt so good. So I told the owners, I, I think we're aiming for that because uh, it's a big race. It's a lot of a lot of money to to, uh, to race for, and... Uh, he he just felt great, and then in the elimination he won so easy. So between the elimination and final, it was just that week was just you know take it easy, train them that way we always do, and keep them healthy. Now, Marcus, what's the plan for uh, Fourth Dimension in 2018? Obviously, uh, with the victory in the Valley victory, you got to be uh, hopeful going into his three-year-old season. Uh, maybe looking towards the Hamiltonian. Yeah, of course. That's that's our main goal for sure. Uh, he was racing pretty late now in the year, and uh, I probably won't qualify him until mid-May, late May. Uh, so he he probably missed Empire British. Uh, that's uh, that's up in Vernon. That I think the elimination is around the 11th May or something like that. So he probably missed that one. But 
you know, he, he's he's a horse that showed a lot of ability and probably was the best two-year-old, of course, out there. And then I don't want to, you know, top him too early, and uh, I want to have him ready for the Hamble Day. Who else can we look for uh, out of the Marcus Melander stable coming up here in 2018? Uh, we definitely got some nice two-year-olds uh, and uh, some other nice three-year-olds as well. I got one and the whole call that only Ray Times last year. He raced at Chester. Uh, he won two stakes races there. His name is Evaluate. He, he, I really believe in this horse. This year was a big horse, and I took it very easy. only made four starts. So I think he's a horse that really can uh, step up this year. All right. Well, Marcus, listen, congratulations uh, on the award, the fourth dimension. We really appreciate you joining us. And, and we know that you're a name that we're going to be seeing a lot of coming up in the near future, my friend. Best of luck to you. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. All right. That was Marcus Melander. And yeah, Mike, true story. True story. Had some guys, uh, some newcomers come up to the booth and, uh, and, and they were asking me, uh, what well, you got any tips for later on? Uh, in the card because it was kind of early, and uh, so I'm going through the card and I and I pointed to Marcus uh, Melander, a horse that he was on, and I said, "You got to watch out for this kid because this kid is young and up and coming, and uh, and he could he could drive." And sure as heck, about three four races later, the horse comes in, pays like forty dollars, and I look like a complete genius. Of course, not a nickel on it because you know we don't play our picks, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen. Here, here's the thing. That's about the only horse over two ten you've ever given out. So you know, no, I'm yeah, kidding. Just, Except for the just, horse at free. Listen, for those of you who don't listen, for those of you who don't know, he was announcing at Freehold uh, last Saturday, and he told me that he really liked this uh, horse. I didn't even look at the odds on the horse. I just went and put two and two on him, and bam! I looked up seventy five bucks. I couldn't believe it. You know, you I, must I, have I was shocked. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's 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 right. <laughs> Must have played the wrong number. But I'll tell you, Marcus. We just ate hey, real quick before we get back back to Marcus. Listen, we don't. We we just let other people profit from our wages. We don't. You know, we we, we don't need the money. We, we we got so much of it. We don't know what to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. But listen, <laughs> you know, if that's not further from the truth, I don't know what is. But yeah. uh, listen, Mar- Marcus is, uh, you know, he he does a fantastic job uh, training his stable, and you know, he's worked for some very well known people. Uh, he's heard him. He talked. Uh, he's from Sweden. He learned some from Jimmy Tactor. So it, it's really cool to see these guys who have kind of come up through the business and learn from some of the uh, bigger trainers and kind of go off and do their own thing and then have success at it. Um, that's that's the hard part about it is when you branch off to kind of do your own thing are you going to have success are you not going to have success you know you don't ever know and uh you know mike those things are always tough well i'll tell you what marcus is uh definitely on the right track Uh, certainly a name that you're going to want to watch out for in the coming weeks and months and years in a racing program near you. Coming up next on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, it's our good friend Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure. And they've got uh, a very busy couple of months uh, coming up. Once again, for more information, visit them at pacingforthecure.com. But as a matter of fact, after the segment, we're going to read a, a very special uh, letter, Mike, concerning pacing for the cure. So you're going to want to uh, stick around for that. But without further ado, let's uh, hear what uh, Janine has to say. It's our pacing for the cure segment on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Pacing for 
Secure's fundraising approach is dependent on individual and corporate donors whose generosity really helps us make a difference for those struggling with multiple sclerosis. So we have designed our programs to help us achieve our mission of providing medical equipment and services for those in financial need, as well as funding cutting-edge MS research to find a cure. These programs allow individuals to get involved at all levels within the harness racing industry. So one of our first programs is the Harness Driver Trainer Owner Challenge. And for just $1 per win, any driver, trainer, or horse owner can get involved in helping their fellow harness racing colleagues who struggle with the debilitating neurologic, physical, and emotional side effects of MS. Jeff started this program in 2017, and we were so grateful to have 40 drivers and trainers who readily signed up to participate. This included drivers from the Meadows, Scioto Downs, Dover Downs, Meadowlands, and the Ohio Lady Pacers. Jeff's vision was to allow many people to get involved for a nominal donation, as every donation amount really does help. The process is easy to sign up. Uh, the program runs from January 1st to November 30th, and drivers, trainers, and owners may sign up at any time throughout the year by reaching out to Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Win totals are tallied at the end of the year, and drivers receive a tax-deductible letter from Jeff after submitting their payments to Pacing for the Cure. Our second program is the Stud Feed for Scooter program. And first, I'd like to begin by thanking Winback Farm, Diamond Creek, Sugar Valley, George Teague, and Van Land Racing for the Sudsy donations that they generously provided to Pacing for the Cure in 2017 and 2018. Because MS is a disease of the central nervous system and impacts the brain and spinal cord, neurologic changes occur and render people in need of equipment such as wheelchairs or scooters to help do basic, basic daily activities that most of us take for granted. Pacing for the Cure has partnered with Golden Technologies to provide scooters at discounted prices for those in financial need. As an example, Elaine from Western Pennsylvania was a proud recipient of one of these scooters in 2017. Elaine lives in a small apartment and needed a scooter to help her maneuver inside and outside her apartment. MS has taken away her mobility and Pacing for the Cure helped give it back. So breeding farms and owners that have shares of stallions that would like to participate in this program, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. And also individuals suffering with mobility limitations may visit our pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. We will help as many people as we can to get their mobility back. The next program is our Raffles for Research program. Um, MS has no cure, and Jeff and I are committed to helping fund cutting-edge MS research that targets the cause, stops the progression of MS, and ultimately cures the 2.5 million people worldwide affected by it. We provide raffle items at all of our events, and members of the community really do appreciate the opportunity to win great prizes while helping the good cause. We have 50-50 raffles, autographed sports memorabilia, including driver colors and other great raffle prizes. Please come out to our events and participate in our raffles. 
who knows, you may go home a winner. In 2017, we provided $20,000 to Dr. Greenstein's MS Research Institute. And finally, we have the Colors for the Cure program. Harness drivers, please consider donating your colors to help us find a cure for MS. Your racing fans will love the opportunity to win your colors, and you'll be helping us make a difference for those who need it most. The colors will be included in our raffles at events throughout the year. I want to send a special thank you out to Andy Miller for donating his colors for our upcoming Pacing for the Cure event at the Big M on Saturday, March 24th. March is MS Awareness Month, and Andy, the Orange Crush, is going to help us really raise awareness during this month. And um, most people may not know, but the colors of MS are orange. Um, any driver interested in donating your colors in 2018, please email us at info at pacingsecure.org. And I'd like to also ask if, if you have not decided, any of the listeners here, where to apply your charitable donations in 2018, please consider making a donation to Pacing for the Cure. As an all-volunteer organization, your donations really do go directly to help those who really need it most. So thank you for your support. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much, Janine Gensick from Pacing for the Cure. And Mr. Carter, I got this letter that I'm going to read. It was on the USTA website. It was from the co-founders of Pacing for the Cure, Jeff and Janine Gensick. And let's check this out. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I, Mike, I just... Had to run to do I you're gonna love this one. Real quick story. I get this thing on my hey. computer that my battery's low, so I had to run and get that charger. <laughs> the charger. So, so we almost uh we almost lost contact in mid flight. We're almost going down. But uh, anyway. Okay, here it goes. When Jeff and Janine Gessick heard about ten year old Danny's selfless birthday wish, they were touched. Danny is hoping that everyone across the country will get involved and donate $10 to Pacing for the Cure in honor of her 10th birthday on Thursday, February 25th, which is today. The only birthday present she wants is to find a cure for multiple sclerosis, as she has seen firsthand the toll MS can take on a loved one. She was only five years old when her mother, Tina, was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. When this special 10-year-old child from Maryland heard her mother talk about an exceptional horse named Mr. Bill G, who was pacing for a cure for MS in Delaware, she immediately became his biggest fan. The human horse connection that inspired the Gessicks to start the nonprofit organization Pacing for the Cure has now reached across the eastern coast and touched a young child's heart and spurred her to action. Tina says that MS is horrible, but Mr. Bill G is trying to make it a little less horrible until they figure out how to cure it. Danny wishes all to join her and Mr. Bill G in their determination to build awareness about the debilitating effects of multiple sclerosis and find a cure for her mom and others living with MS. Please make her birthday wish come true by going to pacingforthecure.org slash donate and placing your $10 donation today. So that was from uh, Danny who's celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday uh, to you out there, Danny. And I'll tell you what, that's a noble, noble thing that she's doing. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a very noble thing, Mike. Uh, my mom suffers with multiple sclerosis. I had an uncle who uh, got multiple sclerosis before they even knew what it was, Mike. And uh, it's it's a terrible, terrible disease. And listen, any amount that you can give or help uh, give is uh, is definitely uh, worth it and appreciated. Mike, a little bit of an announcement as we continue to form our remote schedule for 2018, and I think actually we might have talked about this a little last week, but uh, it's all been a whirl over the past week. But nonetheless, uh, we're heading back to Hoosier Park, Mike. We love Hoosier Park down at Hoosier Country. The people are so great. There was our good friends Rick Moore and Emily Gaskett and, and uh, Pete Laurie and all the guys at Hoosier Park. That TV department, boy, they take care of you. They feed you every time you go, Mike. You never leave. Have you, have you ever left there hungry? No, I don't think so. When Ayers and I went, I think uh, some people went hungry because uh, we we cleaned them out. You clean, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, so Hoosier Park is getting ready to uh, open up, Mike, in the not too distant future, and that's great because that means that the springtime is coming up, which means that it's going to start getting warm. But uh, racing revolutionized is their new saying. I think it's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, the country's best harness racing, Hoosier Park. Thank you for a great 2017 season from Rick Moore and the gang. Uh, they had a, did a, such a great job. They got great, great acclamations. Uh, won an award uh, for uh, all the stuff that they did uh, for the uh, 2017 Breeders' Crowd. Live harness racing at Hoosier Park returns on March 30th, 2018. So make sure you set your calendars because live harness racing is coming back in just a little over a month to uh, Hoosier Park, Mike, uh, one of our favorite favorite places to visit and uh, we'll be there a couple times again this year that's right uh we're working on a our, finalizing our 2018 live remote schedule we hope to have that out and finalized by uh march 1st uh but what we can tell you is uh we're going to western fair we'll be back at the molson pace this year uh lots uh, of great uh, things the the cam tastic challenge oh excuse me the cam, excuse me the, i'm sorry no 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 no, cam, no 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 cam, cam luck the cam luck not the cam tastic the, the cam luck the cam, i was going to say the cam fella but the cam luck uh stakes uh we will be at uh listen <laughs> yeah and greg, and, never, and, and greg blanchard just called and we're out <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. We'll be we will be at the pace up there. That's for sure. Um, we're going back to Canada. Uh, we had a blast at Western Fair the last time we were up there, and uh, some great things are uh, are coming uh, towards that. But we want to um, we want everybody to know that uh, you know we're, we're going to have our live remote schedule out. We're actually looking to possibly expand maybe one or two this year. So it's uh, it's an exciting time for post time with Mike and Mike. Uh, I'm very, very, very excited uh, about where we're going. And Mike, another thing that I'm really excited about is this new vocations racehorse adoption program yep. that uh, we are participating in this year. Uh, we harness racing has been so great to us um, in the last couple of years that we've been doing this show. We want to give back to harness racing. And so uh, through that, uh, we're, we are working in partnership with the new vocations racehorse adoption program. Um, if you visit their website, newvocations.com, or you know, uh, go to our website. Excuse me, newvocations.org, and uh, or go to their uh, go to our website at posttimewithmikeandmike.com. It's also available in our newsletter. Uh, there is a direct link that you can uh, donate, and it will say that you heard it right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. We ask that you go through and donate. Uh, obviously, the colder weather. 
Uh, horses need blankets, Mike. They need uh, simple stuff like that. For just $50, Mike, you can give a uh, blanket to a racehorse at their uh, at their program. So we ask that uh, people kind of reach out and donate to new vocations and, uh, you know, help support that cause. All right. One final reminder before we wrap this thing up and, uh, and put the finishing touches on the Post Times newsletter, which is uh, going to be out a little bit later on today. Do you want to thank our good friends uh, at Midwest Harness Report? If you haven't had a chance to check out the Handicappers Corner section of the website, do so. We had a pretty good week, Mike, between uh, both of us and, of course, uh, the unconscious handicapping machine, Gold Sheet Bob. Holy moly. <laughs> I, those stats, I'll tell you what, we keep stats on our uh, first time with Mike and Mike Handicappers quarter page. And uh, I'll tell you what, if Gold Sheet Bob was was uh, playing baseball, he'd be hitting about 400 with about 80 home runs and about 500 <laughs> RBIs. That's how good Gold Sheet Bob has been. And uh, that's all brought to you by our good friends at Midwest Harness Report. Make sure you visit them uh, on the Internet. And uh, they've got uh, some good specials going on right now for a year or two of uh, – um, of uh, subscriptions and uh, i'll tell you what they, it's a great publication and it's cheap i think it's only like 30 bucks for the year 50 bucks for two years you can't beat it with a stick it's a great publication uh and uh, they're writing all about what happens in the midwest and the midwest is the place to be mike with harness racing you, you're right there in ohio where uh harness racing has made a great comeback the state of indiana uh michigan's kind of still waiting for it but uh, i'll tell you they've done a great job of surviving and uh, Illinois, he's uh, done the same thing with, with uh, Hawthorne Racecourse, kind of keeping them afloat. So hopefully some uh, relief coming their way pretty pretty soon. But once again, uh, visit them online at MidwestHarnessReport.com and uh, make sure you take them up on them because it's a great, great publication. Mike, anything else? Yeah, definitely. Uh, make sure you swing by. And uh, again, if you are in the Florida area, if you're near Pompano Park, if you're training, caring for racehorses, what have you, make sure to stop by Cox Media in Hollywood. It's at 2741 North 29th Avenue from 12 to 7 today. Um, again, the there is a blood drive uh, to help the uh, victims of yesterday's uh, mass school shooting. Make sure you stop in. If you take a selfie and send it to us, we, we don't care how you send it to us. You can text it to us. You can tweet it to us. I, I really, really don't care how you do it. Uh, you know, just make sure that we get it, and uh, we'll send you out a post time with Mike and Mike Hat. In fact, Mike, I uh, may when I'm down there uh, next week or the following week after that, uh, I may swing down and uh, give some blood myself. So, uh, you know what? Stop down, help give to a good cause. It's just 21 minutes away from Pompano Park. Well, Mike, uh, this has been a fantastic show. Uh, we'll be back here next Thursday, Mike. You might actually be here in Ohio. We'll have to wait and see for that one. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll be seeing everybody back here next Thursday for the first post of 1030. Good night, everybody. Home. I know